0: Boragdong Earthlets! Unfortunately, we're still having problems in the Space Spinner 2000 Nerve Center, so for the next while, we'll be putting out an episode every other week. That way, we'll be able to keep getting shows out consistently without having to deal with longer gaps in production. Look forward to episodes of Space Spinner Reaction and Collections on the off weeks. Thanks for your patience. We should be getting back to once a week very soon. Splendig Verthrig! Act on earthlets. My name is Conrad. Alongside my friend Fox, this is the 153rd episode of Space Spinner 2000, a podcast where two Americans try to make sense of the UK's own galaxy's greatest comic, 2000 AD, one month of progs at a time. This episode, we're doing 2000 AD for August and September 1986, progs 483 to 486. This time, Swifty runs for office. Judge Dredd fights Stan Lee and heads to Atlantis. Excelsior! Uh, Johnny Alpha makes some new chums. Torquemada heads back to the far, far future. And watch out, Br- watch out, Brian's Metal Zoic starts here. Oh man, make 'em laugh, make 'em laugh! Don't you
1: know everyone <laughs> wants to laugh? <laughs> well, That's to bring everybody in because it's such a it's such a fun, positive episode with definitely no murder. Or fascism, or like weird voting rights things, I guess, or or like comments on democracy, maybe, and uh, and definitely forced, no revenge, uh, forced
0: lobotomies? Yeah, you yeah. Know, look, we're gonna times. have we're gonna have like a
1: nice, clean podcast all about like uh, doing nice things around the home. Maybe like uh, some some Always. cleaning up. We're gonna teach you all about it here on today's podcast.
0: Definitely. And if you want to read along with us, you'll find the comics we're covering today in Judge Dredd the Complete Case Files Volume 10, Strontium Dog, SDHC Files 3, The Complete Ace Trucking Volume 2, Nemesis the Warlock Book 2, and the Sooner or Later Collection. Links in the subscription comments below. I don't know if I'm actually, yeah, well, you know, close enough, I guess. Anyhow. <laughs> hey, speaking of a of a fascism and brain burning. Oh, thoughts, hell yeah. Yeah, it's... Through one, Judge Dread. Oh, Billy so, Club time! Yeah. I'm so excited. Definitely. So script robot John Wagner, and Alan Grant as TB Grober, art robot Robin Smith as P Smith, Barry Kitson and Brendan McCarthy. Uh, Lenin robot Tom French. Sorry, art robots Robin Smith and all those guys. Um, and and and, and it's called a day stick in uh in Judge Dread. Not n- not a Billy Club. Oh, that's it's like true. a night stick, but you use it all that's the time. True. <laughs> it's got the handle. So with. Yeah. So, so with Nemesis being all cool in the color pages right now in the, in the progs, uh, Dread's mostly in the front of the comic this episode, starting here as we continue with the last episode, um, as, as we continue from last episode, as Dread braces petty crime addict Skid Mullard, who's fresh out of the cubes, and he just went to a meeting of Purpage, which is sort of a crime, Alcoholics Anonymous, basically. Mm. To resist his law-breaking urges, and if Skid offends, that he'll get lobotomized and all that stuff. And Dred just—he sort of says this, or Dread checks this in his nose and just says, uh, "You should just get the surgery really done now." It's really just horrible. <laughs> it's really just so horrible. Yeah, it's really, yeah, it's pretty tough. So, uh, the folks from Purpade see this is going on. They run out to try to help their fellow, but Dred's just, like, you know, threatens them, like, uh, maybe I'll put you in the cubes for obstruction or whatever. And this makes Skid's mind snap. He, like, blows a raspberry at Dredd, you know, <sniffs> And then calls him a fascist and uh, goes on a petty crime spree. Oh my god. (laughs) He's like, he's like breaking windows. He's throwing paint and knocking over ladders and trash cans. He's even destroying public phones. Dredd, of course, quickly smacks him upside the head and subdues him. He rejects accusations that this was all his fault. I just hurried him along. And soon, Skid has the criminal tendencies burned out of his brain. And he's confined to a wheelchair. With a, what, me offend shirt on for the rest of his life. Grim end. (laughs) Grim end. So, (laughs) so like, the the line is,
1: I'm a judge. Harassment is my job. Yeah, that's (laughs) right. Oh, it sets such a tone for me for the rest of the three pages. Where a man gets lobotomized, <laughs>
0: stupidity. Where, yeah, not a, not the first uh, forced lobotomy in the cages of Judge Dredd, Not the last, you know. It's a uh, really kind of fucking terrifying man. <laughs> it keeps coming up yeah well you know i mean, i think this is good good examples of like why judge dread isn't always you know isn't re- isn't really the hero of his own comic you know it sort of gives you an idea of the lawful neutralness of dread himself and the lawful evil kind of, of the justice I mean, department he's, generally to get he's kind of D&D certainly about
1: really not afraid to just really pressure some people into a lobotomy apparently so this is like a no oh. <laughs>
0: Hey, listen. I my favorite part is when the guy starts his crime spree. Dredd just calls into, into into control and says, "Get those burners ready." <laughs> <laughs> it, like prep the lobotomy table. Uh, that you should know? that should just be an action hero movie phrase.
1: <laughs> Somebody who just goes around Oh, It was fantastic. I think
0: that's what they said. That that's what they said. That movie, uh, Sucker Punch. Uh, spoilers for Sucker Punch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> fantastic.
0: Anyhow, let's uh, let's cool out. down with a little racism <laughs> and some kung fu. So yeah, this is a a, a real. This story is kind of weird, especially in light of uh, that Stan Lee talking publisher at Big One last episode. Mm. Like, there seems to be a lot of burns about Stan Lee. Going yeah, on here, it's weird. Which is weird because everybody, and it's especially weird when you consider that that there's a, a, a DC comic going on elsewhere in this prog. Huh. But so. Barry Kitson's on art and it's time for The Fists of Stan Lee <laughs> and the titular Lee is a badass martial arts dude. He's got ninja so stars and ninja nunchucks. Stars. He's got some, got some peck tattoos. He's got this like headgear thing with ear guards. Oh, it's real cool. He, uh, <laughs> he arrives at a club in Sector 159 calls out the owner, a guy named Swede. Some racial slurs are exchanged and then everybody's kung fu fighting. <laughs> an <laughs> audio sting here um, naturally stanley beats them all up excelsior and uh, in the end does a heavy palm strike to kill swede as stan escapes dread is on the scene and the martial artist hits him with some throwing stars as he escapes uh, Dread follows, he shoots and wings Stan Lee, and the two of them get in a big massive fight. And while Dread does get some shots in, in the end, he gets his ass kicked and buried in rubble. It's so. Horrible, I guess. <laughs> I love the comments when he's in, his, in like the hospital bed. It's fantastic, excellent. Uh, dread with just the helmet on and a bandaged up chest in the hospital bed. <laughs> 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 Stan drops a card on Dred's unconscious body. Yeah, and two hours late. And two hours later, Dred comes around. We learn that this guy is Stan Lee, aka Death Fist from the Radlands of G, which is the same as the Warlord from the start Ooh. of this year. dread wants revenge. But see, it seems Stan Lee has left Mega City 1. The case is open. That's all Dread can do. And if Lee ever returns, he'll be ready. Yeah. And this is part of a. of a. Re- uh, to me, it seems like a really ridiculous long term Dread plot line because I don't think it really pays off very well, at oh. least a, as I recall. But uh, Stan Lee, a.k.a. Death Fist, will return in Prague f- uh, 540 over a okay. year from now.
1: Uh, it's not. Okay. All right. Why?
0: But it is just, like, I just think it's really weird that they start this story of Dread getting his ass kicked and they would immediately continue it, you know? <laughs> like, it's such a weird, just like, this seems like it should be the start of a story. And I guess it is, but it's weird to just pick it up a year later as opposed to, like, next issue. I'll, you know?
1: Yeah, I'll be honest. I was sort of expecting like near the end of it like oh like there's going to be some really weird asian comment or asian commentary on this whole thing but uh i
0: indeed. guess indeed no instead it's just um just some kung fu fights, and then uh, just sort of the, the leaving of a thread, of, of a loose thread to be picked up on at a later date. Well,
1: I guess I'll try to remember not to be disappointed, which
0: will likely happen. Uh, exactly. I mean, the reason why I, I I tell you that that I'm not, I don't remember it being really uh, fulfilling, is because I know uh, I, I don't think you'll remember. Well, the time it comes thanks. Back. So <laughs> so much. That's so sweet of you. <laughs> I'm really yeah, good total at total burn. Remember. Oh, what well, a no, jerk. No. So it's fairly true fact. <laughs> and speaking of uneasy partnerships, let's muddy up the art a little bit and build some world as Brendan art and Brendan McCarthy takes over on art here on Dread a mile beneath the Black, the Atlantic, Black Atlantic, midway is between so Mega City One. Definitely, it's just full of pollution and stuff. Fall in there, you die. But midway between Mega City One and Britsit is the undersea city of Atlantis. Oh, it's looking cool. Um, and I guess there's just a bunch of these undersea cities along the undersea tunnel between the two um, be- be- between the two megacities. I, th- I think we saw an earlier version of this in Harlem Heroes, like way back in the early days of the podcast. Um, just remember, you know, all those things are linked. Um, <laughs> That's true, so we see we see a tourist attraction showing the cool mutant aliens of the Black Atlantic. I guess they're just sort of mutant animals um the The star of which is the giant glowing coral rays. they're covered in living coral and a hundred feet long, <laughs> big old man eating manta they're rays huge. they're huge they can they can chew through steel, and one of them has a human body hanging out of its jaws. yeah, it's so gross, we're just shooting out meat substitute into the water. <laughs> Like whoa, there's a dude in there. I just love this because this is such a uh, like a Law and Order or like a CSI oh, so kind of would opening. Have started you know? like this, <laughs> like you know, they don't really do it here, but definitely like this is a situation where this kind of cold open to a mystery. Someone would say, "Oh, it looked like he bit off more than he could chew." <laughs> yeah! <laughs> yeah! Oh my god. <laughs> Oh. Anyhow. Gross. But that's not how we start this one. <laughs> Cuz in- instead, meanwhile on the sit side of the tunnel, we get our first look at a Britซิต at, at a Brit-sit judge as they chase a perp onto the Mega city onto the Mega City one side of the tunnel into the arms of Judge Dread. Dread takes down the perp and the driver is arrested and both judges are called out to the show to the uh, to the dome about the ray. The Britsit judges are pretty cool. Basically they have just they have lions yeah. wherever dread has an eagle. That's basically the answer. <laughs> um, a sub heads out and snags the human-eating ray. It's cut open, and inside they find some definite human remains within the beast. Oof. So it's totally
1: people. <laughs> now we got to find out who did it. It's cool. kind of awesome.
0: Yeah. it's pretty. I think it's pretty cool. I, I mean, it, it does immediately pull a Columbo <laughs> by uh, the next comic puts us in the point of view of the killer. Um, Where we sort of see how she's doing things. She's been. We learn that she's been in Atlantis for nine years. We see her working at a nightclub, meeting a nice eloping couple. She then calls into her husband, and we learn that the judges have found the body, and they have to be careful. But um, no one can tie the body to them, or so they hope. And so they have to just carry on as normal because they owe Doc Duckworth another payment. (sighs) And so she heads back to the couple and says, I've been telling my husband all about you. Meanwhile, (laughs) Dredd and the Brit-Sit judge are investigating. And we see the Brit-Sit judge has this star tattoo or beard or something on his chin, which is kind of weird. But does make it really easy to tell them apart, so that's good, at least. Well, yeah.
1: <laughs> Giant line. <laughs> I like how you call it the star.
0: Plus, he's got the big line on his uh, helmet. Yeah, it's good times. Uh, it's, do you think that's mandatory um, issue for Brit's head judges, that they're going to have the star in the chin? The star chin? No, I think that's just this guy, you know. <laughs> oh, I feel like I would be interested to hear what ju- what Dredd thinks about this as, as comparison. We know he hates uh, mustaches on judges. Yeah, but Although mustaches weren't made with like, the standard. stabbing
1: of a needle a thousand times in your face right
0: so yeah i mean this could for the record this could be a star beard i don't know this guy's life Um. (laughs) (laughs) or because he patrols atlantis it's just a starfish that's attached to the bottom of his chin whoa that's crazy i don't know if i like a a live piece of jewelry oh my god
1: that's Um. just constantly boring into your
0: skin because that's what they do yeah that's how tough you are. It's the tight boots <laughs> of uh, just <laughs> under city Brits judges. Oh get a forehead, a, a, a chin, uh, starfish. Anyhow, like a starfish. Ch- <laughs> Anyhow, an artificial hip has been found in the. Please. Anyhow, an artificial chip or a, an artificial hip has been found in the belly of the ray. And so it's, it's from another body because the guy they found initially does, doesn't have a, a, a fake hip later the elopers come to the killer's apartment where they're met by the killer's husband eric and their son leslie who's some kind of hairy mutant yeah. guy and sarcastically warns them about their impending murder so yep the couple's given uh, poison champagne and they die real bad honestly because it's like kind of a poison that makes you die slowly basically but they will definitely die so sweet basically we Yeah, we learn they have to kill people and steal their money to pay blackmail from their doctor to hide the truth about their mutant son. Meanwhile, the judges are continuing to investigate, and it's clear the dead man was killed here in Atlantis, so let's get hunting. I really feel like they're just (laughs) going to catch them and brutalize them.
1: Also, I I I did want to call out that Judge Shred's helmet and the Brit said Judge's helmet. One's way more bullet-like. And one just looks like an Mm -hmm. old, like it's, it's neat. The amount of detail that was put into this last, like kind of.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, like Brent McCarthy draws generally, I'd say a wide, um, Mm. Judge Dredd helmet. And like his Britsit helmets are definitely at this point way wider than the, uh, than the, uh, than the Mega City One helmets. That's definitely a big change. Besides of course, like the big (laughs) line on top of the (laughs) Britsit helmets. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Next time on Dread Eric Jekyll, your time's up And this is going to be like a, a, a multi-parter So, you know, Ooh. we're going to spend some more time In Atlantis, hang out with Britsit, Judges It's going to be good times Yeah, and hey, Fox, speaking of uh, having good times In strange and unusual places <laughs> <No>. It's <laughs> thrill to Metal Zoic
1: oh, Uh,
0: I This comic, it's just so hard To make of something this comic Yep that's definitely true. Uh, Scripter by Pat Mills, artner by Kev O'Neill, lettering by jo- uh, John Costanza. Oh hell yeah! It's Metal Zoic. So here's the deal with Metal Zoic. Okay. Fox. In every prog of this comic, or on, and on the first page, you'll see this little text thing saying that it's copyright DC Comics. Oh. I, I don't know if you noticed that. No, I didn't. Um, but it's it's there. But basically, that's because Metal Zoic was originally published as the sixth in a series of sci-fi graphic novels that DC put out in the mid-80s. Huh. Um, it was actually two series at the same time. One was adapting older short stories by authors like Larry, Niv- Larry Niven, Harlan Ellison, or even George R. R. Martin. And the other had new stories, um, the-, the most famous of which... Um, was also the only one linked to DC Comics continuity, and that's uh, Jack Kirby's The Hunger Gods or The Hunger Dogs, I should Whoa. say, which wrapped up his fourth World Series at least for a while. That's a conversation for a different podcast. <laughs>
1: oh my
0: God, so much history in metal, silk so like... yeah. But basically, there were these crazy sci-fi um, graphic novels that that DC were putting out, and they had a bunch of different creators come in and do them, and and it was and it was Mills and O'Neill's. It was Mills and O'Neill trying to break into in, into the U.S. comics, basically. Ah. I don't think it was super successful, though. So they uh, got a deal and are bringing it here to the U.K. in 2000 AD. So this sort of this is all one big work that's been cut up into ten pieces for the for use here in two thousand eight AD. Damn! All right, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked about it because it's just pretty ridiculous. Uh, as we're as we're about to see, <laughs> I guess. Really bizarre. <laughs> yeah. So, in a giant forest made of metal and pipes, Slavar the Skimitek, a sort of lion with a chainsaw mouth and razor sharp <laughs> skis for feet. Uh, senses energy and enters the Makaka camp. Oh, the Mankaka are robo gorillas, and we see one of them, Armageddon, with his cool razor blade head and <laughs> ankles and chain wrapped arms, doing it with Tallulah, the mate of his brother Motek. And when Slavar attacks, he destroys the female GorillaBot. bot. God, oh, it's it, cool! It's just that the words that you're saying are fantastic. It's really ridiculous <laughs> stuff. I can't, I can't stress it enough.
1: And um, there's almost like, no words uh, like, in the action sequences. It's just a murder.
0: <laughs> no, it's just Kev O'Neill drawn robots just bashing into each That's other. So great. Um armageddon hits the robo the robo lion with a spear and then wades in to fight the monster they grapple and eventually armageddon rips the rips out the beast's robot soul as far as i can (laughs) tell um in the in the aftermath motec uh confronts armageddon about the infidelity and armageddon just says that he's not responsible for his actions because he should never have been built okay although that really doesn't excuse the fact that he also uh uh did surgery on his Sorry that he operated on his own brain to remove any sense of pity or decency within him. You know, now he's totally—he did this to make himself totally ruthless and will lead the Menkaka to glory when the Wielder Beast returns. Oh, there's just so much going on here all at once. I'm (laughs) so happy, but then, but then Conrad the Shark. Well, yeah, but so it's been five years since the wildebeest were last That's here, so and members of his tribe, Motek included, are starting to doubt his ability. And then we learn about the wildebeests, which are these giant steam-powered woolly mammoths trudging in a line through these ice flows. When suddenly, like a periscope, oh, pops up out the of the ice. The periscope is my favorite part. <laughs> It's a giant robot shark. It attacks coming from under the under With the under missile. the ice and destroying one of the wheels of the wildebe- Yeah, like a giant uh, uh shark missile. <laughs> Destroys one of these uh uh mammoths, goes back down the ocean, it's real cool. Oh and then all this is be- in turn being seen by Juggerjuk the Shamek, a gorilla bot now wearing an elephant mask. For reasons. <laughs> is like Armageddon's advisor. It seems he could communicate with the beasts, including their leader, the God Beast Amuk, and they're getting close. Well,
1: that sounds like a good thing is Ar- coming and not a, uh,
0: a ticking seems- clock. Definitely. Arnagan gathers his troops and heads out to hunt, as his mate Kula suggests that the Shamek might have boosted Tallulah's signal to draw Slavar into the camp. Possibly there's intrigue going on among these robo-apes. Anyhow, time to roll out! (laughs) Yeah, we're out of here. It's time to go and fight some more shit. Robo-apes, roll out! It is kind of interesting because the while the male Robo apes generally look like just sort of a uh, robot like gorillas and stuff. To me, the female Robo apes actually look more just sort of like I don't know like what you, like of like female like African tribesmen like you'd see in like like a National Geographic or something where they're trying to make make these these four women look look as 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 foreign as possible basically with like the big neck hoops and other <laughs> things like that. But with with gorilla heads, of course, because there's a lot going on <laughs> in the surface of Metal so,
1: <laughs> I think. Oh my god! Like that's fantastic, especially because what I what mean, I was going to say is they gave her sort of the Candy Kong treatment,
0: you know. Mm, I mean, that could be that. I don't I don't know Donkey Kong that well, but what? It's sim- I don't know. It feels it's like the a hot thing. one. <laughs> I, I, I never had an N64, dude. I have to tell you. Um. Anyhow. <laughs> Next up, there's a massive robo-animal watering hole with, like, camels and lions and warthogs and tractors and motorcycles, big giraffe cranes, all, like, drinking water. And, you know, it's one of those things like where everybody's got to be peaceful at the watering hole because everybody needs to drink. Which, I wonder how much that happens because it's awesome. I think it happens in real life with animals and stuff. I don't know. I mean, that's what documentaries have told me. Um, But anyhow, things get crazy when an airplane that's sort of also a big truck uh, swoops in. (laughs) It it spooks the herd of gerains, and that's giraffes, cranes, I'm assuming, (laughs) and then crashes... Aboard the, aboard the plane are uh, N'gilla and Jewel. They're escapees from some sort of human settlement. But Jewel isn't from here. We learn that she once traveled the solar system in her parents' beautiful golden spaceship. God. And then links the places – and then she, like, lists the places she's been to. It's, yeah, it's, if it's, she's it's, a it's, real it's, asshole, to be honest. <laughs> she is a real asshole, yes. Um, and I'll say that combined with uh, the Sweeney's showing up in uh, Sooner or Later mm-hmm. Fox – um, with her listing this stuff, it's making me feel a lot like the song, uh, There's No Place Like London, from the mu- from the musical S- uh, S- Sweeney Todd to me. I don't know if nope. you know that one. But uh, I've been to the moon, I've been to Mars, I've been to Venus and seen Olympus Mons, but there's no place like Golden Spaceship. <laughs> Anyhow i say that very poorly and i apologize what? but i am really getting a sense of this whole story just being a musical almost so like every time people talk and stuff i just imagine everybody's breaking a song and doing stuff like oh you know what i mean i don't know <laughs> that
1: would be um, that so that would take this from what is a ridiculous already 11 <laughs> to like maybe a 15 it yeah, wouldn't be like
0: a, like a 15 out of 10 oh God. just super extra yeah oh. So, Ingilla wants to go back, but Jewel has the spirit of adventure, and so she goes to search for scrap to fix their chariot slash plane and heads straight to what is- his- a
1: giant evil bot.
0: Yeah, a giant robot anglerfish was my thought. Oh, um, ooh, yeah, it's got all this <laughs> junk. Yeah. Meanwhile, the Menkaka are swinging through this metal forest when one of them falls and they all meet on the ground and they're nuzzled by a mirror, a mirror dillo. Which is a weird shiny armadillo <laughs> robot that's seemingly working with a helicock, which is a flying murder bird bot. Please. Which reflects what is it laser, a laser. A helicock? Oh, I just need
1: that one more time. Sorry, I didn't hear it very clearly. It is a helicock. <laughs> Thank you. Our show is. Lady P.
0: No, it's not specifically explicit in the iTunes story. That, that's all. Um, Thanks to me. You're welcome. <laughs> Yeah. Anyhow, so this thing has like a laser beam and it shoots it off the back of the dillo. And so the like the beam scatters and hits all of the Mankaka troop. So they're all like injured. Uh. Armageddon moves fast, grabs a nearby bow and destroys the attacking helicock with an arrow in an explosion of metal bits. Uh, of course it does. <laughs> God, metal zone. Like- Anyhow, yeah. Next he starts with a cool Armageddon glamour shot. Jewel starts to sing another song about adventure and not wanting to be tied down (laughs) by a settlement. (laughs) Oh, sorry. Not to be tied down by the settlement that's been taken care of her. When the angler beast, a mugger bug, comes alive, kills Ingilla, (laughs) um, though it tosses him aside when he realizes that he isn't a robot. And then Jewel runs. Good, good. The
1: good thing about this is that all of your friends are disposable, especially when they help you escape
0: your captivity. Gotta think about it. Listen, I'm not going to do a... I I didn't do a parody of her song about um, not being tied down and wanting to adventure because that song appears in every Disney movie, so I think we all know about it, you know. Yeah, Burn. Uh, Just can't wait to be king, whatever else. Um, Anyhow. etc. Yeah, uh, so Jewel runs and then leads the monsters straight to the nearby Mankaka. Faced with death, Armageddon reaches out to Inti, the robot god that lives in the Earth's iron core. And this gives him massive power. He's pumping iron! Which, so, just holy
1: shit, first off. Yeah. <laughs> so not only are we Makes in the prehistoric uh, robot times... <laughs> No
0: man this is post historic. Yeah, well you knew <laughs> what I, oh sorry. Post historic AKA the future. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh uh, anyway, so he prays He iron. prays to the middle
0: of the planet. Yeah, and it gives him massive power. It lets him awesomely destroy the mugger bug, ripping it to shreds, allowing the macaca to strip it for parts and power. Uh, come, Jewel wakes up and searches the area for her friend, but he's dead, and the macaca have found her. And apparently that's not a bad thing, for the most part. I mean, I, I guess it could be worse, I guess. <laughs> well, it uh, was pretty with, bad before
1: but, when your friend was dead. <laughs>
0: Yeah, the final part has a cool picture of of uh, Amok. I'm down with this giant robot uh, mammoth, Mammoth. We're uh, spending time with the wheeled beast this time. Amok is an old bull, uh, uh steam mammoth. He's leading his people on a long trek and a younger bull, Attila, doesn't like his plan and is biting his time to challenge Am- Amok for control of the herd. They're going through a jungle now, and a terrifying python monster drops from the sky and attacks Amok. But only the god beast's oh. mighty strength lets him survive. Uh, in other
1: words, that that snake gets fucked. But I guess not without yeah. you being all fucked up. Also.
0: <laughs> yeah, Amok's messed up too. He needs a new leg and stuff. He's badly damaged. Um, Attila knows his time is coming soon to challenge for control. Meanwhile. The Mankaka are on the trail of the Wildebeest. They found like big tire treads and stuff. When Jewel asks them not to leave her, she's looking for civilization, but Armageddon doesn't have any. But I then. I guess they do start traveling together, and they soon find themselves at a massive tower with a sign saying Planetary Rescue Center on it. She's saved! So. Jewel can. I guess? Jewel can finally leave this awful world though this whole place seems pretty empty to be honest next time bellyache uh the tower looks like a giant mushroom mm. yeah it's got crazy stuff this bellyache may not may or may not be referring to the fact that these guys are walking into the belly of a giant monster we'll see you next episode <laughs> but so what do you think of metalzoic so far buddy confusing intriguing yeah
1: not garbage
0: Oh, that's that's what I'm most excited to hear, honestly, is you don't think it's just trash or something. <laughs> no. I think the like like Kev O'Neill's art is really amazing yes. I think. And then like the way Pat Mills draws it just makes the whole or, or or the way Pat Mills writes it, you just feel like you've been like tossed off in the middle of the sea and you've gotta kinda of swim your way home, basically. Like there's very little hand holding and it's just like, whoa, okay, like I'll figure this out, I guess. <laughs> I'm, and that's an interesting feeling, I guess. It's, it's unusual for comic. Books, I I, guess. I super
1: agree, and so it reminds me so much of Invasion, hmm. <laughs> um, mostly because every time I go to the next comic, I have no fucking idea what's <laughs> going to happen. But every time it turns right. out to be awesome. There was a shark that short a shot a sharkpedo.
0: And, a mammoth, and then crested yeah. at the
1: ice and pulled
0: a mammoth back and into the sea like yeah can't stress enough it it's a robo mammoth for the record <laughs> yeah no it feels like it, it it's got that also uh like return to armageddon oh feel yeah also. like the weirdness where yeah where things are just weird and unpredictable and like almost dangerous like you just don't know what's going to happen um, Which i, think is really I hope
1: that someone gets cursed with a um they can never die but they must be in constant
0: agony <laughs> Oh, returned our Absolutely. Armageddon. Yeah, check out. Yeah, you know, yeah. We just put a, i I just put a collection out of of our coverage. I actually saw w- that. W- w- would really suggest I saw it. that,
1: and I'm going to download it just so I can relive the hype and then this sudden
0: crash into yeah. hatred. <laughs> Absolutely, it is. It is a pretty. It, it was funny when I was putting that one together, just hearing us ame- like turn on our heels <laughs> about the story. About I story. remember how quickly it happened, just because it was like, why? Yeah. Why is all of this happening? Yeah. Yeah, why are you stopping the good stuff? Anyhow, speaking or no, let's continue on Fox with our Pat Mills Power Hour oh here, God. double shot of Pat Mills,
1: <laughs> Pat Mills all the time, twenty four seven Mills. Right.
0: No, well, you know it's not. It's just two. It's two thrills, <laughs> but it is a. It is a. It is a. It is a thrill block in the middle of our uh, episode. It's a thrill rock. Yeah, Thrill 3 Nemesis the oh War the God, It
1: keeps getting the color pages in every time. I love I love it so much.
0: Definitely. Yeah, scripted by Pat Mills, art by Brian Talbot, learning about Steve Potter. Nemesis is back. It's now an official space opera
1: of the 1980s that I wish was a real actual cartoon. <laughs>
0: definitely yeah so power Hour continues as we check in on the scoop ship that nemesis the abc warriors rojaws and purity brown as well as uh as a torquemada and candida are taking check going on the trail of nemesis's son thoth who is trying to destroy earth by messing with the black and white holes on opposite sides of the planet which will get them to touch and destroy earth but also all the surrounding don't galaxy, let them basically. touch so that's don't we're let about. them touch that's basically where we're at. Yeah, don't cross the streams, but this is the opposite. We aren't uh, crossing the holes. <laughs> Never cross holes, Conrad. Everybody knows. You're earning that explicit rating. Oh, my All God. Right, um, well, so, it, I mean,
1: almost immediately, the, it's plus, plus open you, up to Candida. Yeah, plus Torkomodo. you get this spaceship
0: here. <laughs> yeah. Well, plus the spaceship is pretty dong itself, <laughs> this big old mouth and stuff on the front. It's a fleshlight. And flesh then light. Rojaws is... Yeah, and then, oh, Jesus, and then Rope is delivering coffee to the ladies of the ship. First, Candida, as she and Torquemada get ready for the day. Torquemada has plans now that he's alive again and not a big worm cloud. <laughs> we oh, learn gross. That. Yeah, and we learned part of why Nostradamus, Torquemada's brother, was institutionalized was because he kept making moves on Candida after Torquemada died, which would have set off the micro-bomb that he inserted in her brain on their wedding day. So what
1: I got out of that was anybody else who smooches, because there's no danger of exploding with us, so only he's allowed to kiss Candida.
0: Yes, any non non-tor- any non that puts the moves on Candida is going to get one is going to get one blown up Candida and probably kill them as well. So, here's the thing about it, right? Uh that doesn't yeah. feel like a
1: deterrent for them.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. i like if someone wanted to assassinate Candida, they just go up there like like a puckering like no, I mean that sounds like a deterrent
1: for Candida to cheat.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, definitely. Okay, because, like, he... Candida's not stoked about <laughs> having this brain in, in in her head, for
1: the record. Because he specifically was like, oh, it's to keep people away. And I'm like, that, that doesn't feel like that kind of yeah, the-
0: well i mean yeah listen this is like i mean he's 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 framing it as that just like so many like controlling uh partners have where they sort of you know abuse their spouse but say it's for their own good or something like that you know yeah, what i mean it's, it's got like, that feel keep them away from friends and family or whatever like this th- i'm just saying that uh, uh torquemada and candida's relationship modeled as it is on prince charles and, a, and 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 a princess diana might not be a complete bed of roses oh. <laughs> Oh wow! Anyhow, wow, um, it's beautiful. So yeah, uh, uh, Rojas also takes a cuppa to Purity Brown, who is taking a sexy space shower and worrying nemesis and worrying about nemesis and his relationship with humanity. And getting full terminators. Like, this fucking robot. Oh, yeah. Listen, he's, he, he's playing that robot card where people don't think he, he, like, that he matters so just be naked in front of him, you know? You know, rope. Like a common, like a common Amazon echo in someone's bathroom, <laughs> not realizing what's actually happening, Fox. Oh, my God. <laughs> Or any other home assistant, for the record. Just oh be God, aware. Don't bring nope. your phone into the bathroom with you. You should not be taking your phone in the bathroom with so you. So many people. Like, not because of rudeness, but because you don't know who's on the other end, dude. <laughs> like, you know, get with my conspiracy theories.
1: I'm um, just saying, if anyone in this universe is likely omnisexual, I'm going to guess it's it's Rojas.
0: Oh, yeah, man. He eats crap for a living. Buddy. <laughs> oh, <my laughs> <laughs> meanwhile the terminators are hot on the trail of nemesis and they're in this sweet like land land cruiser oh, thing that looks weird. very warhammer 40K. it looks like a snail <laughs> <laughs> yep like a murder oh snake, uh, Nostradamus is sitting in the front window. He can't wait to get to candy again. He's got
1: his little candy to blow up doll with him still, which I think is so cute.
0: Yeah, remember he he stole that from the Torquemada convention last <laughs> so episode. So
1: fantastic that there's just a three-line <laughs> on this. I really hope it yeah. keeps showing up. I hope it's a pivotal, definitely a pivotal plot point for Book Six. <laughs>
0: Um, It actually is, um,
1: for the record. I'm so happy. I'm so
0: happy. (laughs) So the team has landed on the shores of a a red sea where they find a gross beast recently killed by a T-Rex. So Thoth and Satanus must have been here. But where is here? It's Earth, 10,000 million A.D. The sun (laughs) has turned to a red giant and is slowly dying. It's the final sunset. 10,000 million? Isn't that just like... 5 billion years <laughs> it's a whole bunch of numbers for sure um i remember they actually went to this same like basically the same point in time in like the second episode of the doctor who relaunch in like 2006 huh. and when the doctor said the number it had a bunch of like extra words in it like you know apple double stop six or something oh, god damn it <laughs> just to sort of say like listen it's so far in the future that you shouldn't even really w- really worry about it i you mean know? just
1: make a really big number um, i guess
0: yeah but what if you last that long, man? When what's going to happen when this com- in this comic when it's the year two thousand AD? That's what All I, I have to know. say we is that if someone work.
1: picks up the mantle in ten thousand million AD to do a space yeah. two thousand prog slog, I'm going to be pretty Please. proud.
0: Yeah, get in, get in there, slime boys. Um, so, <laughs> Can we be called the yeah, slime boys for, now? Five, for a couple Conrad, minutes, Conrad. I now. would like us to be called um, the slime boys. No, man, I'm, we're calling each other chums. You're sp- getting this whole episode <laughs> Fuck, out of whack, Fox. <laughs> Um, it, anyhow, it's the future. It's beautiful. It's very red. Man became extinct years, uh, millions of years ago, and people are sort of scoring points off Torquemada with sly looks because of that. Candida hears a voice calling her from the waves, messages of nirvana and peace. She wanders off as Nemesis again scores some points off Torquemada for stuff because <laughs> Torquemada's been here before, you see, and might feel some shame for the crimes that were committed I'm- and mean- while can't just gonna drink some blood. <laughs> yeah, she's found just sort of a random chalice out on the beach and goes to drink <laughs> from it. But before she can, Torquemada freaks out and gets her not and uh, slaps her so she doesn't drink from it. Uh, Nemesis isn't bothered, of oh, course. Oh, dude, he hits start- her twice? He slaps the cup out yeah. of her hand first. He
1: smacks her
0: in the face. Slaps her in the face for for, for good measure. Yeah, he's just a bad person. So, pure. D- Bad person, bad husband. Uh, Purity checks out the cup; it's full of blood. And then suddenly, some dome-headed aliens arise from the red sea. We are the
1: Goomoids. We are here to tell you that we are totally better than you. Goo.
0: <laughs> They're primords, bro, Whatever. but otherwise their speech Goomans. is basically the same. Uh, yeah, we, we, we are better than you because we are goo. They seem soft, but. <laughs> <Fucking God. laughs> We're made of slime and we're here for vengeance. It's
1: really true. They've
0: seen Sloth. but first, yeah, they got to get their vengeance on and they got to get it on, on, you guessed it, Torquemada. He's got to drink from the cup of oblivion and find the peace of Nirvana. They
1: really do just tackle him and hold him down and take off his helmet. Like There's nothing he can do and no one really wants
0: to help. Yeah, I mean, Nemesis asks him to stop just because if they kill Torquemada here, then he won't be able to go back in time and eventually become a worm cloud and then killed and all that stuff. Um, eventually, at an order from Torquemada, the evil ABC warriors, namely a mechquake in Blackblood, blast the Time Lords and free Tor- uh, Torquemada. Purity wants to know what's going on, and Nemesis agrees to explain. It goes back to when the human beings went extinct. They'd reached a point of total enlightenment and decided to embrace true, perfect nirvana by giving up their physical forms and regressing back the primordial soup from whence they spawned the human race gave up. Uh-huh. I mean, that's kind of a different sort of alternate future, I guess. Yeah. Listen, man, I don't see why you got to wait 10 million years for that. I gave up years ago. I mean, let's Let's become goo. I'm ready. Uh, So anyhow, the humans went back to sea. They broke down into a primordial slime. And so humanity slept for millions of years until Torquemada arrived. Of course, the primord the prime Wards offered him and his guys nirvana but ne- but the terminators were not swayed of course they'd sort of st- steal their minds against some office s- offerings from aliens and stuff like, you're not the first person to offer me a real chance at inner peace buddy, <laughs> but i still destroy you um. oh their arms crossed on their hips very yeah. angry Definitely. Mm. Instead, they found that the red goop that humanity has turned into is very similar to oil and could be used as a ble- as a vast fuel source for Torquemada's engines of destruction. They built massive rigs to refine the soul oil, creating pollution of spirit energy sent screaming out into the void. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. You know, it's, it, what's really
1: great about this is... They were totally super psychic in control of their bodies, but none of them could see into the past. Or I guess remember what nope. happened when people went into the
0: future to suck out your, all the goo on the planet. I, I, maybe this wasn't reported on. This seems very secret, <laughs> you know, so they didn't know it was, it was happening. Fair. Plus, like, you know, how much, how, much, how much history records do you have of millions of years ago, Fox? Not a lot of history books from I mean, that I'm time. Just, That's all yeah. I'm trying to say. Same psychic. I'm saying give this school a chance,
1: man. I mean, Um, I'm... Honestly, I'm all for the giant Black Fortress shooting souls into the
0: void. Fair enough, yeah. So, um, eventually, the... the the remaining Primord stole Terminator diving suits, filled them up with their own living goop, and fought back against the Terminators, converting them into Primords by offering them the Cup of Nirvana, which basically just melts you down into a red Nirvana goop. Uh, You have to be
1: kind of shuffled into the collective, though, to get the full benefits, I feel like.
0: Yeah, come as you are indeed. So basically, Torquemada's been mass-murdering far-future humanity to help Fuel his war on behalf of... Sorry, he's far future humanity in helping his war on behalf of just plain future humanity. <laughs> That's right. Um, <laughs> Candida says that purity can't judge him, but it's now time to go. But as they do, a, t- a storm kicks up, and we learn the souls Torquemada obliterated obliterated, have turned into a terrifying new life form, the Monads, and they're attacking the It map. looks awesome (laughs) definitely it's a big big old uh, demon cloud next time apocalypse now and also also coming next time is a chance for me to talk about what monads actually are in terms of post-cartesian cosmology as described by Leibniz. oh i've real i'm real stoked about it fox gonna be real smart next episode. what the fuck did you are those words that you said and used yeah buddy Post-Cartesian, it's like, oh, uh, what if you, what if we're all brains in jars, man? Oh, Think God about damn it! it. <laughs> Anyhow, <laughs> God damn it, Conrad. You're a, hippie nonsense. Uh, speaking of thing, it's it, no man. This isn't hippie <laughs> stuff because this is like, like, like French smart dudes with like big wigs and stuff like that, man. It's a whole other. He thing. sounds communist, I and I don't like it. Oh, I mean, yeah, definitely, <laughs> absolutely, but speaking of mind-altering ways of thinking it's non-thrills covers and nerve center well, the covers were sweet they're fucking awesome yeah there's some good good kev o'neill o'neill ones here and uh ascara as well Proc 483 metal zoic is here with the ridiculous kev o'neill cover of slave r the skimotech cyber lion bloody chainsaw for a mouth in the nerve center Thargroll, which is a, a Thargmongroal, which is a, a pretty common one actually, uh, lets us know that this issue that this issue, issue comes with a free issue of Oink, the uh, the pig based comedy uh, 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 comic. Congratulations! And that the 1987 yeah, and the 1987 annuals are out. We've already covered them on the show, so live it oh, up. Snap! Uh, listen. Yeah, listeners ask about all the different kinds of judges in Mega City 1, and a reader uh, doesn't know where Mega City 1 is, and he's got dark thinking about putting out some dread data files into the progs just to explain what the heck's going on with that guy. (laughs) Then this prog ends with a big back page, uh, dramatis persona of Metal Zoic, and just some general background on the story. It's, it's, It's got some mystic stuff. Um, we learned that Amuck is the god beast of the metal Zoic, but one day he will die and the sun shall set on this most metal of eras. It's pretty down and Oh down my down. gosh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Any chance. Any chance.
0: I'm always ready for the guitar solo. It's beautiful. Fox. I think we all know that. It's beautiful. Uh, yeah. Prog 484. Brett Ewens draws Dred's Dark Domain. A cool nighttime gla- glamour shot of our favorite lawman. In the nerve center. Tharg gives a rough version of the origin of Metal Zoic, which I just gave earlier in, in the episode. There's a digital picture of Tharg, uh, and then Dred's Dark Secret number 8, which is that he's got a tiny pico.
1: <laughs> it would definitely um, be super weird if that was the case.
0: I love all the, like, we're in a series of fan arts that are Dred's Dark Secret, sort of what's going on under the helm, and I love the one where he's just got a really tiny head that's, like, constantly bouncing around inside <laughs> the helmet as he does stuff. Um... um and then uh, readers request better international shipping. There's requests for Brits at Judges, and that's coming next Prague. Or, you know, did previously in the episode. Uh, Prague 485 is the, is the iconic metalzoic cover. I operated on my old brain. Damn. And... Yeah, so I've been making references to this this constantly, Fox. I see. But apparently, the international cup co- or the the initial cover of 485, there was a misspelling that says I operated on my own brain, <laughs> like, like, like brain was misspelled. That is fantastic. That's fantastic as fuck. Yeah, and so while that was fixed, apparently everybody in the office has really regretted it because it's it's pretty funny. So they sort of keep saying like, ah missed that one we should have done that yeah big regret still pretty
1: funny i like the uh i
0: I like operating on my own brain though that's pretty cool In the nerve, yeah, <laughs> uh, the nerve center is in the back of the Prague this month, which is kind of interesting. And it's Tharg the Warped telling us about the annuals. There's a picture of Judge Mother-in-Law with an apron that says, "I am the <laughs> and letters about more Rogue Trooper stories. He'll be back in 499- four ninety five and worries that Max Normal will be dying too in the course of the, the of the storyline, which I could I could honestly feature being being pretty worried about. Ah. Um, there's also more requests for Max Normal, and he's in both the Dread Annual and Coming Soon in the Prague. Finally, in 486, Carlos Iscara draws so Rage beautiful. Unleashed. Totally. Johnny Alpha confronts Bubba and his gang. Then inside there's only a quarter-sized nerve center of this issue, as he suggests avoiding thrill overload by either just reading Strontium Dog or reading everything but Strontium Dog. pretty freak. fucking accurate. <laughs> Yeah, we're also starting another round of Dungeons & Dragons comics in the Nerf Center here. There's no credits, but it's got a weird art style. Goblins have attacked a village, and it's time for Galbus the Sword, Ariane of the Elves, and Burya Quickfinger to fight back. <laughs> uh, one of those names was you funny know, for me. I'm sorry. Crazy-ass D&D comics. It's all right. But hey, Fox. What's up? Speaking of dudes on quests. Ooh. Wait. Let's go. Uh,
1: okay. Oh, okay. Yeah? I'm ready.
0: Yeah. Let's go to Thrill Four Ace Trucking. Oh. Yeah, the other quest. God uh, damn it. Go to <laughs> robot Alan Grant and John Wagner's TV Grover. Art robot Massimo Bellardinelli, letting her out Tony Jacob. So, two ace Garps, Feek the Freak. And Evil Guts are on the trail of a treasure map, but the guy with the other half of the map um, knocked him out with drugged drinks and stole the, their part of the map. <sighs> and I should mention that I think I've, I've done research, and Melvin Barg is indeed an, an English film critically he looks nothing like the evil guy in this comic. Anyhow, mm-hmm. Evil Guts comes to and contemplates killing the rest of the crew in their sleep and is confronted by the uh, the angel and devil on his shoulders, both suggest killing them. The angel be says a, a quick death so much would be better than a slow death. <laughs> <laughs> that cut that 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 uh guts has planned guts ends up waking up the crew and they go about trying to find the evil Melvin Barg that stole their map after a random dude gets a heavy slapping by feek. they learn that the dirty drink doctoring map stealing Melvin Barg went that away, so no ace trucking in four eighty four and four eighty five we return with the crew and a jeep heading after Melvin Barg. The aces are um are bored with the discussion of the backstory of the comic. And they're playing, once again, a dangerous game in return in terms of um, talking about how the comic they're in is boring (laughs) when it is actually kind of boring. (laughs) Anyhow. So great that they know. So really fucking Yeah, I mean, I think you'd do something about it, but whatever. Um, Anyhow, they're catching up to Barg, and um, and after some blasting, Guts pulls out a pocket cannon and lobs some balls at Barg, taking out the bridge he's driving on. Luckily, Barg has brought his parachute and falls to safety. Um, at the bottom of a gulch And it seems the boys have lost him But Ace then decides That they're going to use Some cartoon logic Which I don't know To me it makes sense Because they're just sort of In this big like prairie state That's very wily coyote <laughs> So he proceeds To drive their jeep Down the side of the cliff face Okay uh, This seems to work And you just got to hit the brakes Right before you reach the ground So it's hey, fine Or Stop on the side of the cliff face Yeah total Looney Tunes stuff The crew continues as Melvin finds himself in a new town. He asks for help, but no one talks back because it's Silent City, home of silent movies. Which I guess you just would never see what they're saying because this is real life, not fucking... It's not... It's not... Like, these guys do have, like, speech cards and it's not clear if people can or can't see them, for the record. Exactly. (laughs) But... These guys hate critics. They prepare to lynch Melvin. The crew arrives and crashes into the gallows just before the critic can be strung up. Next time, the Keystone thicks. All right. Oof. Because the because the Keystone cops are like this series of like silent movies with like wackiness and stuff. Ah, I
1: I don't. I nope. Don't know it. But also, you know, there was a point at which I've said like this comic and Robo Hunter. Are kind of the Looney Tunes of of the comic, right? Like, and I've said that with affection, mm-hmm. but I guarantee, out of all of the people out there, there's that one or maybe even twenty Looney Tunes episodes that you can think of where you just don't want to see it anymore. <laughs> why isn't Why isn't one of the better ones on? And this is kind of this is kind of where I'm at, man. I mean, I'm not spoiling anything. This yeah. This is like I'm done.
0: No, I mean we. Yeah, we, we've talked about this before. Running out of patience for Ace Trucking, it's not really hit me very well. And ah, uh, there's just so much more Ace Trucking. Don't <laughs> no.
1: which is ridiculous. Don't, 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 no, that's not what you mean. You didn't mean that. Yeah,
0: sorry, Fox. No. And speaking of stories, and as opposed to Ace Trucking, speaking of stories that are rapidly reaching their uh, oh their storyline conclusion. Oh no, no, it's three hundred five strontium dug conclusion so good it's so good i will i mean i will say like i don't know well like i don't know like if does, does what i don't think well no okay i don't want to I, I don't want to spoil things more than <laughs> i should you. so whatever you know johnny alpha you know we'll have strong tube dog stories after this story ends that's what i'll say um script robot Al, uh alan grant and john wagner is alan grant art about carlos is scary letting robot gordon robson is kid robson Okay Fox oh
1: man, no, I'm ready. I'm just sitting at the edge of my seat, ready to hear you talk about the chums yeah. and the the fucking Dennis people. It's so ah oh, God, I love all of this so
0: much it's Totally, yeah on a on a peninsula on the of on the planet dragon's world, there is the monastery of the little chums of Dennis. These chums live in peace and harmony, growing tr- crops and generally being good chums to each other. All friends of the show are now chums of the show for Space Spinner 2000.
1: Dude, everybody's my chum if you've gotten this far. That's right.
0: To this idyllic environment comes the mutant gang of Max Bubba. Did they heed the words of the chums of Dennis and become good chums, frolicking in the sea, oh, helping bring in the harvest, <laughs> and heeding the spirit of Dennis for true tranquility? nah dog just they get backhand backhanded. And murder the big chum they backhand then shoot him in the face <laughs> it's really just <laughs> I mean, the worst like...
1: way to die
0: and then they turn the other chums into their slaves things are looking pretty bad but then one day a new chum came riding in. a chum named Johnny by God Alpha <laughs> Johnny gosh darn darn, darn Alpha Yeah.
1: well I just uh,
0: that ugh, night. I, yeah. I love that
1: the next uh <laughs> The next prog is like fucking pedigree. Like,
0: yeah. That night at the monastery, the mutants are riding on chum back for their sick thrills, killing the youth, the losing chum like freaking animals. And when they spot a campfire burning up on the hill, two of the mutants go to check and get ambushed by Johnny Alpha. In one of
1: the most awesome, intimate action scenes, and we just got through Metal Zoic. <laughs> It's just so
0: visceral. He He kills one with a knife and then questions the other about the location of Bubba and learns that he and the other two top gang members are out of town on business. This bandit then tries to attack Johnny, and Johnny Judo throws him straight into the campfire, causing him to burn to death. It's so, just so awesome.
1: He threw the knife at a guy's chest and then threw another man into a
0: fire yeah it was awesome and and like you've been noting about the narration in these stories too like in this one after the scene is sort of set we lose all narration because it's just johnny with raw f- fulfilling rage so two mutants are killed and bub and uh and is out of town so instead johnny just stumps forward to feed his rage <laughs> he passes some chums doing a funeral begging for a chum to save them and they are truly blessed Yes. Oh my God!
1: It's definitely yes. Dennis who
0: absolutely sent him. I
1: believe in Dennis.
0: Gotta be Johnny. bursts into the dining hall of the monastery and opens fire because these scum don't deserve the honor of a good death. In a massive montage, he just kills them all. His mind screaming, "No mercy! No mercy!" It's so Soon. fucking awesome. Just this whole thing. He's taking them all. You down. need to read It's this. real great. Just blast the hell out of these guys is real cool the monks come to thank him thou art a true chum no he's nobody's chum his only real friend wolf is dead and he learned and he feels that killing these guys hasn't really solved his rage at all he's still gotta get bubba and the rest until then his rage will burn on (laughs) oh Next up, at Dragon Beach, there's a big party going on. Lots of gambling and other stuff. At one of the tables sits Max Bubba. He loses at poker and gets a telegram. He reads it and gets up from the table, pulls a gun, and shoots the other guys he was playing cards with as his (laughs) henchmen arrive. (laughs) They all just start shooting people kill them all it was self-defense you guys all saw it uh, Bax, bubba epitago jones and brute mosley walk out of the casino and he shares the telegram johnny alpha is alive and coming for so you So
1: check this out this is the moment right where any other comic mm-hmm. would just be like that's the end but no not when johnny alpha is on a fucking rampage
0: yeah Impatigo Jones says it's just a hoax, and suddenly, ImpaTigo Jones! Johnny Alpha suddenly appears and shoots jo- and shoots Jones straight through the left shoulder and then disappears. Like literally
1: vanishes. Br-
0: yeah. Brute and Bubba go after him, but they can't find him. At least until he reappears on a rooftop. Brute, Brute. Mosley! And shoots Mos and shoots Brute through the left shoulder as well. And he's gone once more. Oh my god rage has finally found max bubba and now it's time for him and his gang to suffer they are
1: really not going to have What's a awesome. great time it's so that's right fucking good <laughs>
0: shows up blows some shoulders off when just like that's like definitely just like yeah he he could have killed these guys both times but he wants him to suffer and feel pain oh absolutely instead and dude like, he like, saved <laughs> the chums and he saved the chums. Now he's chums with the chums, man. He's got a base. Next time on Strontium Dog, the great smell of Brute. I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what does that even mean? Well, because one
0: of these guys is named Brute Mosley. Oh, for that record. yeah, that's And, that, right. and that's like a, an advertisement at the time. Really? Yeah, like Brute, like uh, like Aftershave or whatever. Oh, Cologne. okay. I... B R U T with like an umlaut over it, as I recall. Oh, it's like a. No, I think like, 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 I think a, I think a brute is being along with like, like, uh, like high karate and other sort of like, you know, late 70s, <laughs> mid 80s sort of cologne. I know? gotcha. Like, it's, it's, do you remember in like an anchor man? There was that guy with that, a uh, Sex Panther <laughs> cologne. <laughs> yes. You know? I feel like he started his career with brute and then sort of moved ah. on to more exotic flavors.
1: Oh my God. Then <laughs> just got Sex Panther.
0: Yeah, well, he got there eventually, you know. And speaking of uh, exotic flavors, Fox, let's quickly go to Thrill 6, Future Shock. The one.
1: I'm so proud.
0: Just I'm one. so proud of them yeah. right now, Conrad. But it's one that we've <laughs> kind of seen before. Oh yeah, definitely. This is just sort of a tried and true topic here. <laughs> Stories called Blood Sport, script about Jamie Delano, uh art about David Pugh, letting about Tom Frame, first appearance in the progs by Jamie Delano. He'll be in two thousand ID for a cup of coffee just a little bit before heading to the to the States to write comics, most notably uh Hellblazer. He didn't create john constantine but he did help refine the character and wrote like the first i don't know like two dozen issues of his uh, solo series yeah this story is a pretty basic two-pager with some nice alien art by david Pugh. always good to see him doing stuff but basically, a hunting guide leads a rich dude through an alien jungle to hunt a rare beast. He's narrating as he goes, and his narration is specific is you know suspiciously ambiguous because it turns out that it was all a ruse, and actually, the human he's leading is being hunted by a rich alien hunter. Oh my
1: god!
0: Yeah, uh, you know, don't uh, be uh, be careful of hunting because you might become the hunted. <laughs> oh, future shock. See, that's a that's a nice. Various turned around Nietzsche quotes. Bam, bam, bam. It's a commentary on modern uh, writing and stuff. But yeah, this is just a, this is just a, a plain old future. It's shot. nice. Two pages, good stuff. Yeah, fine. Fine stuff. And let's finish things off. We've reached the end of the podcast. Let's go to the end of the prog with Thrill Seven, Sooner or Later. <sighs> Uh,
1: at least there's a little bit more of a cohesive story except for a single prog, or I guess...
0: Uh... Yeah, I, I I I agree. Three out of four ain't bad. Uh, Script robot about Peter Milligan, art about Brendan McCarthy, lettering about Tom Frame. So, uh, Michael Swifty Swift, he's in the far future. He's been kidnapped by the Elvis-like Sweeney faction and is at a cool dance party, but he's also been given the crazy quiff... This huge pompadour kind of thing that extends his natural impulses. He heads over to a future version of the BBC, the Temporal Broadcasting uh, Corporation, and punches someone, saying, You might as well call it the B-O-L-S for boring old liars. Which feels like some kind of trenchant 1986 media observation, but I'm not quite sure about it. I tried to... I tried to look up BBC BOLS and couldn't figure it out. I'm I'm too dumb. Um, But so Swifty has hijacked some trans time broadcasting. He's got a weird smile literally strapped to his face and a bunch of bombs. Sing a song about the world being insane. Uh, You know, shrug emoji here, guys. I don't know. It's an observation about nuclear war, Uh, of course. But it's got some weird stuff going on with it. I don't
1: understand what's being done here.
0: Me either. Swifty comes too and it looks like the girl he was dancing with is actually a time traveling college student doing her research on wild parties through the ages, and she gives him an invite to a rager in thirty fifty AD, which I thought was pretty cool, honestly. Yeah. Pretty so, nice. Anyhow. Swifty's back. It's time to focus on the task at hand, getting Swifty the job, which means heading out on the campaign trail.
1: Which what like, it's okay. why? I guess it's it's for the seat yeah. for the
0: trash something. It's the job you had to be on the board of the International Waste Disposal, Inc. Uh, and so you've got to be elected to get that job. And he's seemingly opposed by the Job Finder General and the Scare of Illuminati, who previously were on Swifty's side, I think. Yeah, but they were. I don't know. So I don't, so I don't know if Swifty has rebelled from him or if he's actually play, like a double agent here or what. Or if. He's getting like, played, like, yeah. Sweeney's using him as a thing or something like that. It's not clear. But anyhow, Fox, politics, right? Everybody's bad and evil. Right, you know, do you agree with me? E- even the press, man. <laughs> the press doesn't even know what truth is, man. Jeez, politics. Ugh. Um, anyhow, just some baseline junior high-level truth-to-power observations <laughs> going on here. Um.
1: I guess that'll resonate with uh, the Ute.
0: Absolutely. Uh, next time, the rights of man. All right. God, just so much. Like, I don't know how to invest in this story. It's very. It's it's hard to get into. It's hard to sort of trek what's going on week to week. I agree. But it's so. I pretty. love the art. I think it's like it's got some really cool stuff going on in here. But it's also like you know, as someone who looks at stories a lot, it's just real confusing. I feel like between each but, one, they just throw away a page. You know. Uh, yeah. At least one, for sure. But, hey, speaking of a confused and tired boys in the future, folks, oh. how we've reached the end of this month of 2000 AD. Oh, my gosh. We,
1: we indeed have. I have to say thank you, Conrad, yeah. for taking me through such a wonderful
0: read. Hey, thank you for coming with me, man. Couldn't do it without you. We've completed Progs 483 to 486, and I have one question for you. Well... Which is, what were your top and bottom thrills? I don't even
1: even know what to say. Uh, Bottom uh, ace trucking, that was fairly easy. So let's get on to the uh, Mm -hmm. other stuff. Um, Man, oh man, this thing outside of ace trucking is just so... Well, and sooner or later, but really, I mean, you kind of knew that. But uh, holy shit, uh, Metal Zoic is really fucking bizarrely interesting. Uh, and Judge Dredd was great <laughs> this whole this whole time, just Billy clubbing and fish finding his ways through stuff, right? And Nemesis Absolutely. is back. And Nemesis was the largest contender in my mind for uh, going up against Johnny Alpha. But I, I got to say, man, and I'm going to keep this going strong, Strontium dog. It's just building and building. And there's like a release coming real soon. I like can feel the tension, mm-hmm. man. I've just been enjoying it so much. So it's getting my top spot. How so about you, buddy?
0: Very nice. What are
1: your top of right, well,
0: Oh man, I got to think about it. No, not really. Um, yeah, bottom Ace Trucking, man. This is pretty garb, to be honest. <laughs> like, I'm not <laughs> not really feeling Ace Trucking very much at all. Um, don't like it. Ready for it to go. Really sad that I know it's not. It's we've got like. No, 10 more no, no, no. 12 no, more no, issues. Stop it. No, <laughs> no, no stop it. There's so much of it left. Although, I do think that um, the majority of it's going to be when we get to a uh, to this uh, uh, horror movie town pretty soon that okay. I think should have at least some more consistent jokes or jokes that I can get, at the very least. <laughs> um, for top, I'm going to say Nemesis um we're only getting nemesis for a very short time sadly um so i i definitely want to toss it out here because i love this new direction this crazy like sea at the end of the world full of liquid liquid men and being refined into soul energy and stuff i love that so much it's so awesome No,
1: they're going away soon it's so good
0: and I mean it's I I think it has to do with like t- with uh scheduling of like uh of like the creative teams or something like that. But yeah, um this thing's only like like this section's only like six progs long. No, so you it's know we so only got, awesome. so we got one one last time for this time and then one next episode. Um, but I mean it's a it's a cliffhanger, so it'll be back pretty soon. But it is like it is gone. It is sort of leaving us now. Oh no. Which is a bummer. It's like that goo was um, so cool. I wanna learn more about that goo. Do I the goo wanna see more about this story, you know? Absolutely. Anyhow, but yeah, <laughs> so but, but I gotta say, like, yeah, so, so my top's nemesis, but Stranium Dog's so good. Just this sequence as Alpha shows up and calls out the top gang members and blows off their shoulders is really awesome. Oh, the chums is really great. Just sort of really showing you that, you know, re- confirming how evil these guys are and giving a chance for Johnny to be heroic as he gets his revenge is really great storytelling um and oh, just this like i you know we've seen this rage building in johnny based basically for all of 1986 i think yeah and so to see him finally getting to a point where he's releasing it is really awesome and i'm really really looking forward to it so much oh, god such solidarity these last uh couple times man I mean, you know, when there's a whipping boy's yeah, st- uh, uh, a a story like like Ace Trucking is it's pretty easy to have a to have the same bottom. And then when there's something as amazingly awesome as, Stront- as Strontium Dog, uh it's easy to have a have similar tops or at least talk about the same things their tops. I also want to say yeah that I also really like Dread this month. Um, you know, the stuff with with the Brit Sit judge is really historic mm-hmm. in terms of just building the world of Judge Dread. I think that's really important. And something that's going to be very cool going forward. We're going to see a lot of Britsit and Britsit judges as time goes by, especially actually in the in, in Judge Red magazine, but also in 2000 AD. And then, um, you know, I'm just looking at more than the story. Like I'm trying to synthesize that down. But for Metal Zogue, I'm more focusing just on the art and these crazy um, animals and sea- and, uh, and and landscapes that Kevin O'Neill's drawing, and they're all just so incredible and detailed and amazing and like like and and look like nothing else I've ever seen. That really makes it really cool.
1: I that's really
0: and worth worth a look. It's for sure. really
1: accurate, um, but you know the story is bizarre. I guess.
0: But, yeah, I I also like the bizarreness of the story just because it's very like, whoa, what's happening? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So I I
1: feel like it's going to be such a harder thing in the coming weeks. Like it's when any comic kind of starts and uh, at least recently, um, it's definitely been awesome, but not like not like uh, first episode brain inside of a panther. Right. You know, it it, it mm. always takes like a little bit to really ramp it up, but you can see the seeds of awesome. Metal Zoic comes like out the gate.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it's like a light. Yeah, it's I mean, it this is one of those things that we might, you know, we should maybe talk about this more like, like later on as we're going through it. But it really reminds me of like that first Nemesis, the Warlock, which is also Pat Mills and Kevin O'Neill. Mm where it kind of comes in like a lightning bolt almost like you don't see it coming and then it's like oh my god like look at this whole thing tube you know? alone,
1: right like holy shit yeah exactly
0: seriously really looking forward to more metalzoic um and I hope everybody enjoyed the show. As always, you can find Space Spinner 2000 on iTunes, Stitcher, the Google Play Store, Spotify, or our podcast site, SpaceSpinner2000.com. Feel free to contact us at SpaceSpinner2000 at gmail.com on 2080 forums or our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages on Twitter. we at SpaceSpinner2K. For everything else, go to SpaceSpinner2000, and we should be there. Ooh. Then, come back next time as Johnny Alpha gets his revenge, Nemesis meets the Monads, Armageddon meets the Wielderbeasts, Max Normal returns to the Prague and we get a Neil Game and Future Shot. Which be an amazing episode. Yeah. Alright. Cup of coffee. Um, anyhow, until then, I'm Conrad, He's Fox, and he are Space Spinner Two Thousand. I, I want you to be the first
1: thing that I see. I wanna wake up